ABF Creative. ABF Creative. Many define athlete success by the number of MVPs earned, all-star appearances, touchdowns scored, baskets made, or championships won. But the real wins occur off the field. When we watch and hear our sports stars discuss the topics that matter in the pursuit of equality and social justice, these voices should be heard, celebrated, and most importantly, shared. These are the real sports heroes. time to look in the mirror and ask ourselves, what are we doing to create change? They're just so happy to see a black man who will stand up and jeopardize every court he's got to tell the truth. I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice, people that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. We will definitely not shut up and dribble. I would definitely not do that. Being an NBA player don't exclude me from no conversation at all. First and foremost, I'm a black man and I'm a member of this community. Go after your dreams. You don't allow anything to take you away from your dreams. Hi, I'm Kiera Luck, a sports and entertainment enthusiast who has the privilege to be before you as the new host of Real Sports Heroes. By definition, a hero is a person who is admired or idolized for their courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. Being a hero doesn't have to be grand. It's the little things like responding to a fan, playing pickup in the neighborhood, or simply using your platform to evoke change one moment at a time. On this episode of Real Sports Heroes, we are joined by Team USA Olympic track and field star Kenny Selman. Kenny talks about making the Olympic team for the men's 400 meter hurdle, overcoming adversity, his decorated collegiate track and field career, at the University of North Carolina of Chapel Hill, which led to his realization of his dreams of representing the U.S. in the Olympics. Here is my conversation with Kenny Selman. Hi, Kenny. How are you? I'm well, Kara. How are you? I'm good. So I'm always nervous before interviews, so... <laughs> <laughs> It never fails. I don't know why, but my hands start shaking and then Whoa. my heart starts racing every time. So um, it is such an honor to meet you. Um, I am a huge mm-hmm. Carolina fan. So this is going to be a really, really fun interview because, you know, oh. the University of National Champions and to have an Olympian on the podcast is super excited. Um so yeah thank you (laughs) it's the best school it's the best school i'm glad someone else i didn't even go to unc that's the worst part i was gonna ask you (laughs) no didn't even go i went to east carolina okay so that's the the worst part of it is that i didn't even go to the school and i feel like i'm more proud of uh unc (laughs) athletes than they are of themselves so um, that's okay we need that we need that i don't I don't know if we should be concerned or not, but that's another <laughs> conversation. <laughs> no, that's okay. But um, this conversation is all about you and all of the amazing things that you are doing. First of all, you said that you are heading out to Japan next week. Tell me about your excitement for the Olympics. Yeah, I'm so pumped. It's crazy that it's here, you know? I mean, I was literally, I guess the trials were what? The 24th of June. And, you know, the final round of the 26th. And so it's, it's, 
I mean, I leave next week and, and nothing has slowed down. I don't know right. how it's so quick, um, but I'm excited. I'm so excited. I can't believe that, you know, this dream is actually coming into fruition and it's, it's a blessing, um, weight off my shoulders. I, I'm, I'm ready to get out there and kind of just do it. Um, but the excitement, I mean, I can't even describe it. I'm just, I'm just, I, I, I feel ready. I feel ready. So how are you preparing for this moment? Because if it was me, I'm, just, I'm in, like nervous interviewing you. I can only imagine being on the world's, literally the world's <laughs> biggest stage, performing in front of gazillions of people representing the USA. Like, how are you even like handling this? Well, the thing, you know, I'll, I'll break it up into two parts. The thing for me is, you know, one's work hard, play hard, and the other right. is just, you know, I guess, I guess those, are the, let's, those are the two parts. And so, you know, I've never been one to put everything into one basket and kind of just like, you know, let let the track be the end all be all. Like, you know, you gotta have fun. You gotta, you know, go out with your friends or, or do something, you know, just have different hobbies that you like to do to kind of keep yourself balanced. Because if you just put everything into, you know, track, you're gonna go crazy. You literally will right. go crazy. Right. And so, my balance, I think, is one thing that I, I, I do well, and it allows me to kind of find comfort and, and find peace in, in the in-between times. But to answer your direct question about, you know, how am I preparing for the world's biggest stage is, you know, I, for one, my whole life I've run track. I've been running my whole, you know, I, track has been an integral part of my entire life, as well as sports in general. But everything I've ever learned is kind of teaching me to be prepared for this one moment. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, as far as my foundation was built a long time ago, but then, you know, this year I've been running, I've been training hard. Like, I've, I mean, <laughs> like when, when, it, when it comes down to it, like, I, right, I, I put the work in and, and, and like, you know, I find I, that there's peace in that as well. And, mm -hmm. and like, I'm not, you know, if, if you beat me on that day, it's not because, you know, you, outworked me it was because you were just better than me that day and so I, 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 i've got i've got the base i've got the, the um you know the the training behind me and so that that gives me you know peace and and the feeling to be ready for when the, when the time comes so how did you get started in track like what was the moment that you were just like i want to run yeah, <laughs> me, it was not like that. Um, <laughs> so I played, I played like every other sport. Um, I did basketball. Basketball was my first love. Um, played football. My dad didn't love me playing football, so I didn't play very long. I played lacrosse. Um, I, you know, I did soccer. I did everything. Um, and the coaches were always like, "Gosh, like they told my dad, like Kenny's pretty fast. Like you should, you should, you know, put him in track. Right? Have you, have you tried track?" And my dad was like, well, no, not really. We don't really, you know, we don't have track athletes in our, in our family, whatever. And so, um, blah, blah. And so we put me out for track and, and the results just kind of spoke for themselves. Like I, you know, I, I just did well and, and, and stuff is fun when you do well. And so we kept at it. I, I kept turning in, you know, good times and, and getting these really good rankings. And so we just kept going, we kept going, kept going. And then, you know, the, the, the rest is history. I mean, obviously there's a lot into it, but the start was just a matter of, you know, let's try it, you're fast, see what happens. I ran well and, and we just stuck to it. 
So tell me about your recruitment or going to Carolina, because, you know, you have Georgia Tech there. You have Morehouse in Atlanta. Like you have all these incredible schools around you. I mean, Florida State is right down the street as well. So what made you want to come to the best state in the country? Because nothing touches North Carolina. And I get the draw here. So um, what was it that drew you to UNC and and what was that recruitment like? Yeah. um, So. I was fortunate enough when I came out of um, high school to pretty much go wherever I wanted to. Um, I, I took a visit to FSU, actually. Um, I, I visited Texas A&M. Um, I, I did a little unofficial visit to Georgia Tech and uh, unofficial to Georgia as well. And so I, I, I looked around, um, but I was going to take all five of my visits. But instead, I just took three because my third one was UNC. So I went mm-hmm. to Texas A&M, FSU, and then UNC. When I got to Carolina, I said, I was oh, this is like... Like I'm going here. Like this is <laughs> there's no other question. Like I'm going to Carolina, and so um, you know, passing up on all the great schools around me wasn't. It wasn't really about the school. It was more so about the location. Like I didn't want to be in Atlanta. I didn't want to. Like I, I know Atlanta. I know Georgia. Like I, I know. You know, my parents are way too close. Um, I was like, let me go. So I, I, I didn't want to fly. I wasn't going to go. You know, West Coast, but. I did want to, you know, make a nice little drive, and so yeah, yeah. Um, it was, it was, it was just getting away from home. And then Carolina was just, just the best place on earth. So I was like, oh, this is easy. Far enough where they can snatch you up, but also easily accessible for emergencies. It's like it, a happy middle. Right? It, I mean, it, it honestly was perfect. It was oddly perfect. Yeah. <laughs> So we don't hear much about recruitment, um, well, recruitment life for track and field stars. It's usually, you know, you see football players in jerseys, they have all the pictures and everything. So what is it like being recruited as a track star? Um, You know, like how do schools approach you? What are the visits like? Like, what do they show you? What's that life like? Yeah, so it's funny you say that. It's um, it's very it's very similar, obviously, like, you know, the the windows in which the coaches can talk to you, they're all pretty much the same. but what happens is track is black and white. And so it's like either you're fast or you're not. And so there, there's, you know, it's very binary. Like there, there's no like, oh, you know, well, I saw him on this day and he did this really well, but you know, he does this, you know, track is like either you got first or you got second. And so there's not much, um, you know, disparity there. And so when you, you know, it's easy for a track coach to recruit because right. all they have to do is look at rankings. And so, you know, if you make to the certain level within these, you know, top 25 rankings, you're going to be getting phone calls. And so it's just a bunch of phone calls. Um, and they all want you to come take visits though. You know, they will come to your house. I, I did a lot of home visits. My dad was just in love with the home visits. I was like, I'm like why is this team coming? Like, I am not going there. <laughs> and they would just show up and we have to sit in our living room and do the same spiel like 50 times. Um, but that part was cool. But then when you go to the schools, it's obviously, they take you to the football games or to the basketball mm-hmm. games. And right, so right. obviously the, the big draws of these schools are, you know, the, the big sports. And so very similar, um, very fun. I mean, my recruiting visits were unreal. Like I had some, I had some, some great visits, um, but that's just, that's all part of the fun. And so, yeah. So 
So tell me about UNC and your experience there, breaking records and preparing yourself for your career now. Yeah. Um, UNC, I just felt like it was, it, it was the best mix of like social, academic, and athletics. Like there's the three big things in college, those three, I think. And the social aspect was just, you know, you could be as active or as inactive as you wanted to be. You know, there's Franklin Street, there's, you know, parties, there, you know, everything's out there. You can do whatever you want. But if you mm-hmm. also want to stay low-key and have little smaller gatherings, there, there are those too. Right. And so um, the social aspect was just too easy. It was, it was great. And then the academic was perfect. You know, um, I, was, I, made it, I, I made it to the business school at Carolina. And that was one of the, you know, one of my big accomplishments that I wanted to do was to make sure that I got it. Yeah, which isn't easy. Like a lot of people think that, you know, business colleges are easy. No, UNC has a very highly competitive business college. Oh my gosh. Like, yeah. I, and, and I didn't realize it until after. Like, when, I mean, I, I, knew it was, I knew it was hard to get in. And I was, you know, obviously did everything I could to get it. But mm-hmm. um, when I, a, as you go through the school and you learn about it, you're like, dang, like people are yeah. like, like, this is real. Um, so yeah, it speaks for itself. Like Keenan Fagler was awesome. Um, so they had the, you know, obviously very much elite, um, I mean, academic. And then the athletics, obviously it's, you know, universal national championship, <laughs> national champion, excuse me, you know yeah. it. So um, everything that you need, everything that you need, um, and just a perfect fit for kind of what I wanted to do. Now, I know Duke is, of course, basketball and football's uh, biggest rivalry. Now, when it comes to track, what was your biggest rivalry? Like, what school were you always prepared for? Ooh, um, interesting. So, twofold. I mean, like, there was, so the, obviously track, there's not many dual meets. Um, right. we, we did have a meet. We had, like, a meet where it was us. It was called the Battle of Blues. So it was us, Duke, Michigan. I think it was, um, and that was probably the smallest meet we ever went to. And so obviously it was all about beating them. Like yeah. we, y'all not y'all not winning today. Um, and so that was kind of the vibes. But as far as like my rivalry, I actually had a rivalry with this one guy out of Pittsburgh. Um, his name was Desmond Palmer, and he was a beast. And I I couldn't beat him until my junior year. Um, and every time he was at me, or every time Pittsburgh showed, I was like, dang, we running today. Like today we yeah. ain't, ain't no ain't no handouts today. Um, so obviously like the, the Duke rivalry was there and it was anytime you're running against Duke, you have to beat them. And that's just, that's just, you know, that's just code, but everything else was kind of up in there. It depends on your event, depends on who you're racing against and who's running at certain times. At what point did you realize that track and field was going to be your legacy and that you were going to be like, okay, this is not just something that, you know, got me into college. This is something that I want to do long term. And you had, you started having um, Olympic dreams. Yeah. Um, A lot of questions in one. I'm sorry. (laughs) No, you're good. (laughs) Um, Honestly, honestly, Kara, like, I think it's still it's it's happening right now mm-hmm. um, because I don't, I didn't you know track track is track is tough it, it's very hard as a sport itself um, and like you know reaping the benefits of it aren't always as easy because mm-hmm. you know it's, it, sometimes you, you can get hurt or 
you know, you have, you have a bad day and a lot of stuff comes down to like those little moments. And so chat kind of, it, 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 um, it doesn't make it easy to love sometimes. And so mm-hmm. this whole time I've been kind of like, you know, figuring out what I want to do. Like, do I want to continue track? Do I want to keep going? Um, you know, I lost my sponsorship 2020 and cause of COVID, like, I mean, COVID just messed everything up, which is it's yeah. totally fine. But, um, I was like, gosh, like if I didn't make this Olympic team, there was a chance that I was going to be done and, mm-hmm. and be ready to walk away. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because now I feel rejuvenated. Like I'm, I'm like, you know, it's like, wait, no, I can like, this is me. Like I can do this yeah. and, I, and I belong here. And so to answer directly, I think, it, I think it's still happening. Like, I'm, I'm still, I'm still figuring out like, wow, track could be a big part of my legacy. Shocking yeah. enough. So let's talk about that adversity, because I think a lot of people, whenever they're they're living their dreams and then failure happens, it kind of makes you take a step back and actually think like, is this really my purpose? How do you fight through adversity um, with losing sponsorships, uh, injuries, um, losing people that are close to you? I mean, you didn't, uh, the last couple of years for you have been kind of, you know, you had to fight through. So just talk about pushing through and, you know, finally being in a place of peace. 100%, 100%, yeah. Um, a lot has happened. Like when, when I, when I, and I had a quote that I like, thought about the other day, you know, like to, to say that going through all of this has been like, you know, extremely heavy mm-hmm. would be, it wouldn't necessarily be true. Um, because because I, like I said, I, I, I balance a lot and I, and I try to keep my head always moving. Um, right. But when I look back, on what I've been through, like I'm impressed. I'm like, I'm like, whoa, like you, you really, you really did not waver. So, I mean, you know, I, I pulled my hamstring in 2019. Um, I ended up switching up my coaching, everything came back to Atlanta, um, trained with my coach for the whole 2020 COVID happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I didn't have a release. I, you know, I couldn't see how all my work, I couldn't see the progress and see it, you know, get paid for or anything like that. And so um, COVID happened no Olympics, lost my sponsor at the end of that year. Um, and we had to continue to train through this. And so then when COVID happened, you know, the school that I was training at didn't really allow me to train there. So now I'm bouncing from track to track to track just for the sake of like, you know, they want to keep everything safe, which is fine. Um, and then, uh, and I'm speeding through it, but there was a lot. But then like, you know, this past like four weeks ago, um, my agent passed away. So the guy who represents me, um, who like, who have been with me since my, like my entire um, athletic career or my professional career, he passed away and it was very unexpected. I mean, I talked to him a day, a day before he passed and I got a call and they were like, yeah. So like, you know, have you heard about your eight? Like, have you heard about Andy? And I was like, what, what's up with Andy? I talked to him yesterday. And so just craziness. And so how I got through it, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, all, all I do know is that I, I don't I don't have the ability to to give you you know fifty percent. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've got great support around me. My family they are unbelievable. My parents you know fortunate to have both my parents and, and you know they they pour into me in every way possible. And so their support's unbelievable. I've got support of friends and extended friends and family, and that support is is unreal. And then 
you know, I, I got a great coach and all I do is listen, you know, I, I, all I do is say, coach, what do you want from me today? And if I, if I, if I can't do it, then I, you know, then cert, certain things will require, you know, will limit you. But I will say that I, I never, ever, when I stepped on the track, I never gave you anything less than everything I had, mm-hmm. which is, I think, why I'm reaping the benefits of it, despite, um, you know, going through everything that I kind of went through. Wow. Okay. So let's, let's talk about something happy. We're going to Japan. <laughs> yeah. In our suitcase to Japan. Oh, like, your necessities. God, I don't know. I'm the worst packer ever. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, all I. Wait, do you my... overpack or underpack? Oh, it depends. It depends if I'm, if I'm giving myself enough time or not. Um, most <laughs> I, most times I overpack. I overpack most times. I don't. I don't usually underpack. Cause I'll just I'll just throw stuff in the bag, um, and it's like I I just did not need this. I don't know why I bought this, <laughs> but um, you know, I, I need my contacts. <laughs> I got my contacts. Um, yeah, got to. Um, and so I have, um, and then like my hair was a lot longer before the trial, before the Olympic, yeah, uh-huh. before, before the, in the trials. Just cut my hair. But I had to have my hair products. I had to have my leave-ins, my creams. Not uh, to leave-ins. Wait, so you have a whole natural hair routine? Look, you are selling yourself. We got Waffle House and a natural hair. Listen, a natural Lisa is... is Come on. on. Come on. What is, what is a hair care routine now? Now I don't even know what products oh, you God, don't put me on. Don't put me on. It better be no sulfates. No sulfates. first ingredient better be water. Uh, first ingredient is water. <laughs> so that literally all the girls at UNC... We're like, you know, they they would they would hook us up, and right? So, um, we we knew. I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I forget what it was called, like um, something LC LC. I don't know, like leaving um, cream, and there's one more thing. I don't know. But oh, the lock method. The lock method. Yeah. Leaving oil and cream. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So look. Not the lock method. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's outdated. Maybe you need to give me some new new tips. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, uh, trust me, it could be any. I mean, one, one day I'm really good with my hair. The other day I'm just not even thinking about it. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so. So we have contacts, our hair care products. Hair care products, uniform. Gotta have the uniform. Gotta have a uniform. <laughs> yeah. And normally I would bring, I mean, you know, to most meets, uh, we go to pretty cool places. So, you, you know, you go out to eat and maybe you go out like after the meet or whatever. And so you bring like, you know, nice outfits. I mean, I, and I'll bring that too, but I don't know what we're going to use. Cause like, you know, you can't really, we're not doing too much. Um, out there. Right. It's like, it's going to be a bubble style. So I'm not yeah, sure yeah, as to yeah. what's going to be available, but yeah. The bag well, you got you, you to bring a nice fit just in case, just in case you oh. need to stand on them one time. Oh, absolutely. You, you, you can, you cannot be invited somewhere and then not have the ability to, to put on. You, you got to fit on one good time, especially being from Atlanta. It's like, if you don't put on for us one good time, if I don't see an Instagram picture of the flyers <laughs> from you, Kenny, I'm reporting you and then I'm going to ask them to send you back because obviously you're not representing the USA very well. I would hope um, you would. With a bad outfit. Yeah. Because... <laughs> that is definitely first world problems, but still. That's okay. We deserve better. We deserve- I, as, as you're representing me, I deserve yeah. better. Yes, fair enough. <laughs> I got you. 
So um, are there any athletes that you're looking forward to meeting? Like, you know, whether it's in passing, because I know like during the open ceremony, you guys are like, there's like one big like showcase of the different countries. Is there one person like you're hoping to like bump like elbows with? Well, I was hoping that LeBron would be on the USA. Listen, obviously they need him. I mean, obviously somebody didn't do the right thing. I'm like, okay, so right. So you get it. I was hoping to meet LeBron. That's all I wanted. Um, like I was like, I'm, I'm gonna be teammates with LeBron James. Like that—that that was one of my motivational like things. I would tell myself like, you gotta if you want that, you gotta do this. Um, I mean, hopefully I meet Simone Biles. Like that. Oh, be, that would be dope. That'd be dope. Like I would love that. Um, you know, I mean, meeting meeting you know any of any of the summer. I mean, uh, I forget the. Mm, Look at her name. There's another Simone who swims. Um, yes, I know you're talking about. Yes. 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 So love to meet her, and, and I mean anybody. Honestly, like I, I just hope that we get to meet like people who are not just track athletes because yes. I know that it's going to be very restrictive, and I and I just hope that we can kind of move about how we want to because I I do not I know all the track people. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, I am rooting for everybody black. So yeah. <laughs> listen, Kenny. I, I need you to show out for me. I'm going to be yelling at you through the TV. Yes. Everybody at Real Sports Heroes will definitely be rooting for you. Um, I'm incredibly proud of you because I, hearing what you've been through and knowing how much you wanted this and to see someone's dream come to reality, it's always refreshing because it makes me feel like my dreams are, are always capable Aww. when I see other people reach there. So Aww. you better kill it. Don't hey. disappoint me. Like, I better be in the forefront of your mind. Like, I cannot disappoint Kiera out of everybody oh. in the U.S. I, <laughs> Mom, dad, Kiera. Like, I, 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 yep. I don't even know who else to think about. <laughs> That's so, um, now, is there one thing you want to do in Tokyo? If given the chance... Is there one thing in Tokyo that you've seen that you're just like, bruh, I've got to experience? Whether it's food, whether it's like um, a place you want to visit? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I, I had a lot of friends who talk about the ramen in Tokyo. They, yeah, they say it's so good. I so I would, I would love to be able to taste that. Like, I, I mean, honestly, and I, I don't mean to repeat myself, but like, I, I just hope that I can, in like, immerse myself in the culture just a little bit yeah, yeah. you know I, I don't know how and i mean because one of the restrictions that we have is so after after your final event you have to be out of the country in 48 hours <laughs> so you oh, they want to out out they, they don't want us there <laughs> at all <laughs> like they they don't want us to come i mean honestly <laughs> And so I'm just like, I just hope that I can do something. I, I want to do anything, you know? So I couldn't give you, I, w- I would love to try the food um, and kind of really get, get into that. But gosh, I mean, tell you, I don't, give me something to do. Right. Right off the track, run straight to the airport. Don't even change clothes. Do not right. pass go. Do not collect $200. Just straight to the airplane seat. Do not pass <laughs> So, um, what is your advice to anyone chasing their dreams? Yeah, I think I have to figure out like exactly what like what you want, like what you want to do, um, and why you want it. 
Um, because when you figure out why you want to do something, it helps the hard days. Like it, it helps the days where it's like, like what, like what, what am I, like, why am I stressed out? Like, like what, what am I stressed out for? And so for me, I knew that I, you know, I, I knew that one, I could reach, I, I wanted to reach the highest point in track and field. Mm-hmm. Um, because for many reasons, one reason being that I feel as though us track athletes don't get enough respect. You know, we, we, do, we, we compete at the highest levels. You know, there are, there are basketball players who will never reach the heights of an Olympian, but get, mm-hmm. you know, credit like da da da. Dave, no shade. <laughs> hey, we can talk about it. No. Um, and so, and so to, to feel like I had a true argument, I wanted to get to the top of my sport. Mm-hmm. And so that was one of my big drivers. Um, and then two, just to validate my own, because I, I, as track, track is very hard, you know, but, but I knew I was capable. And I knew that people mm-hmm. believed in me, poured into me. My parents sacrificed, you know, a lot for me to, to get to this point. And so I knew that I wanted to like rinse everything out that I could. And so those two, and then also like, you know, just represent my family and represent people who support me well. And so when I, you know, when I figured out why I was wanting to do it, it made it easier to go through like Cause every Monday, every Monday is a hard track day. It's like that, that's like our longer days. Mm-hmm. And so those practices are horrible. I mean, like I, I, I I'm like, you're talking about nerves for this interview. I get nerves for practice. <laughs> like, wow. like yeah. on Sunday night, I'm like, okay, so I need to eat, you know, fish, rice and veggies, keep it light because Monday coach is not playing. He's not right. playing me. And so that's not easy to deal with every week of, mm-hmm. the, of your training cycle. And so what brought me peace or not peace really, but like allowed me to understand it was like, well, this is a part of it. Like if you want to go into those races when it matters, feeling good, then you can't not do this. You know, you, you have to do this and you have to understand that, you know, this feeling right now is, is going to be nothing compared to what it feels like when you actually reach those dreams. And so, you know, figure out your why, because it'll help the hard days, but you have to have the hard days too, because you don't have the hard days and trust me, you won't have the good days. Right. And my last question to you, Kenny, mm-hmm. is who is your real sports hero? Ooh. So, <laughs> I don't know if this is cliche or not. I really don't know if a lot of people feel this way. I think I think some people do. Some black people feel differently. But um, Barack Obama. No, that's solid. I, I am I am obsessed with Barack Obama. I think he is just the epitome of what I want to be as a black man in the world. You know, and 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 his political career almost aside. Like I, I think just him as a as a person you know, how he carried himself, you know, become the first black president in a white world and, and, mm-hmm. and, and, and did it with class. And yeah. it was not like it was ever easy for him to step into that arena. And I, you know, I feel as though we share the same dream that, you know, there, there's so much good in the world. And, and, I, and I feel like sometimes we believe it too much. You know, I mean, you know, Barack Obama, President Obama, he in his book, he talks about how, you know, he, he's so optimistic about you know, bind, you know, binding the cultures and that they're, you know, they're good people out there and, you know, we're, they're good people on both sides in a sense. And so, you know, and that's all relative. Let's be careful with that. But um, I just feel as though he 
is everything that I want to be as a black man carrying himself at the highest level. And and I and I and I just I just hope to meet him one day, but also yeah. hope to um hope to kind of, you know, walk in his footsteps in a way and and and, and yeah. Yeah. One more question since you kind of brought it up. I thought about it, but I was like, ah, I don't know. But um, how do you feel? Because Gabby Thomas brought this up a little bit. Um, where the country is now and the things that we're going through, what does it mean for you as a Black man to represent the USA during this time? Because had this been about four or five years ago, it, it would have been a completely different experience, you know? Yeah. But the, the weight is different on Black athletes representing USA with, you know, Things are, you know, on the fence. Um, how does that feel for you? And what do you hope, um, I guess, what do you hope to represent as a black man from yeah. the USA? It's, it's a loaded, I mean, it's a hard, it's a loaded question, yeah. you know, like yeah. no matter how you ask it. Um, because obviously there's just so much that has happened in these last years. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I'm a true, you know, like I said before, I, I'm very optimistic and, and I think so much progress has been made. I, I, I really think so much progress has been, made, has been made. I mean, we have a long way to go still as black people in this country in general and then black athletes, you know, representing the, the, the greater, you know, black population at large, which I think is tricky sometimes too, because you don't want to put too much in these athletes to represent, you know, black people as a whole. So it, it's, it's a lot, but I would say... I know it's it's tough to answer. It, it is. is because like cause I don't I don't know. Here's the thing Here, to, to speak to Gabby Thomas. Like I think you know it, the the with the boycott that was brought up and how yeah, yeah. there was potential that you know people were going to boycott the Olympics because of you know this that and third. I'm black. I worked my behind off to get to where I'm at. <laughs> and there are other black people who look just like me who are on this team who did the same thing. Yeah. Now, you know, the Shakira Richardson situation was it's its own thing. And I, and like, I think she is so cool. I'm obsessed yeah. with Shakira. Like I, yeah. I think she's awesome. Um, but I do think that issues were getting conflated. And I think that they were like, they were trying to wrap all this up into one thing and then say like, yeah wow, I like, don't watch the Olympics now because of it. And yeah. so I completely agree with Gabby Thompson. I think that, you know, there, there was no need to boycott it. I, I think that there are athletes, black athletes who got to this position who deserve the respect and attention yeah. that yeah. the Olympics, you know, brings. And yeah. so now how, how can the black athletes who are in the position help, you know, black people in America in general? That's a different question. Like, like how, how do we do that? And, are, and is, it, is it our job to push that narrative? Like, I don't know, um, but I will say I'm I'm just proud to be black and proud to be black on the Olympic team, you know, yes. and, and and to be doing it well. I mean, the track athlete is, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, but I know within track it's it's a lot majority is always black, um, but there's also there's that, that's not true that that's not true at all actually because in the sprinters you see majority black men and whatever, but like mm-hmm. track is one of the most, most diverse sports out there we have events all over pole vault shot put discus yeah, you know yeah. long jump and so it brings it brings a, it molds a bunch of cultures so i can't even say that it's just black but i will say that there are very good black athletes who are out there competing that deserve respect and so 
you know, I, I think that you got to be careful when you say, like, don't watch it because of this, because, like, trust me, I've been, like, I want you to watch me. Like, I, yeah. I appreciate it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, Kenny, thank you answered that perfectly, because I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like, you know, a lot of you guys deserve our respect and our fandom just as much as you carry, because we yeah. know she's going to win and we know that you're going to win. Gabby, Allison, yeah. like the whole nine, like, you know, all of you all, you know, deserve our fandom, our respect, our watch, our yelling. You know how Black folks can be when we ask for it. Come on, come on. We need it all. So um, I'm super excited for you. Um, you. I want all Tar Heels to win. Um, yes, go Heels, come so, on. So um, especially people who eat at Sutton's, so. <laughs> yes. Um, good luck. I know you're going to bring home some gold. Yes. Don't disappoint me on the outfits. When I see you walking in that trap where you better kill it, like you better have like swag on a thousand that I day. I got you. I got you. <laughs>